When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. We are back once a motherfucking again. We are back with episode three of Man Bites Pod. Uh, I, myself, the Commander We, am joined by my man, the Reverend Goddamn, and Baron Von Banyard, M.D. How are you, gentlemen? I'm doing well, man. I've just been hanging out and doing my thing, you know. Lots have happened. Lots, lots of things moving and changing and becoming different. <laughs> occasions in my life since the last time we did this show yes you've blossomed you've 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 come out of your cocoon absolutely hmm. leaves have been turned uh <laughs> resolutions have been fulfilled and uh yeah we're back uh, to talk about a rather fantastic film it was a fine choice there come on some some friends have become enemies some enemies have become mm-hmm. friends and and, <laughs> and here we are um so uh it is the commander's week this week so I am here. I took us back to uh, where we started this goddamn show, right the fuck back to France. Um, uh-huh. France, France is incredible with its horror. If you know where to look, um, this one is a little contentious. We're doing we're doing high tension or hot tension, however the fuck those motherfuckers pronounce that shit, but. We're doing High Tension, it's a movie from 2003, directed by Alexandri Aha, and I... Aja, sorry bro. Is it, it Aja? It, it is Aja, yeah. I, I, I'm, the yep. I'm fucking very close to Mexico where I live. I always go Spanish in my mind. So thank Fair you enough. for that. Thank okay. you for that, Baron. I, um, uh, high Tension is one of those ones that a lot of people pan. It's not really well regarded. And it's largely due to the end of the film, um, which I understand. And honestly, the end of the film was thought up, conceived and executed while they were already doing principal filming. They were already making this movie and decided to end it the way they did. Um, So this is a movie um, takes place. It's two students that are going to uh, one of their uh, there's. There's Alexandria, or no, Alexia, and uh, and then our our main protagonist or antagonist, and they are college friends going back to uh, Alexia's 
family's farm out in the middle of of East Jesus nowhere so that they can so that they can study for the weekend and just spend some time away from the city because they were coming from Paris, if I'm not mistaken. So when they go out there, some little creepy shit happens here and there. They're kind of just weirded out by the cornfields. And then they go stay at the house. And on the first night there, this motherfucker comes in the house and starts carving people up. And we'll get into the violence a little later. Um, and we'll get into the the M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong ending as well. But this basically is a, you know, a slasher film. It's a chase film. It's 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 these it's this girl who watches this entire family get slaughtered with the exception of her friend that she showed up with. Her friend gets kidnapped by this guy in a big uh, basically a, a, a what do you call it? A box truck. Um, and it's a. Uh, I did That's some, a badass fucking truck, man. That I is one some of the tricks. coolest vehicles I have ever seen in a horror movie. Honestly, I did, I did hands some, down, dude. I did some translating as well. And by looking at the back of his, his coveralls that he wears and the side of the truck, I am positive it's a mechanic shop. It says things about lubes and oil changes and things oh, like that. So um, pretty sure it's a mechanic's truck and uh, he works for a, you know, a lube and tune spot. Um, so he the 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 killer thinks that everyone's got dead in the house uh, it, and he takes this young girl with dark uh hair which is clearly something he's into uh as evidenced by early on in the film when he's first seen in his in the front seat of his truck clearly he's jerking off and then you see oh wait no there's a head there he's getting he's getting a he's getting a blowy and then all of a sudden Oh, he no, he's still fucking the thing, and then he just tosses it out like it's fucking old McDonald's fast food and shit, dude. That's correct. That's where I was going. It's what, and, and then you're like, holy shit. And, and they show the face of the thing. This is a, what you see is he's got a type, right? He, <laughs> the girl that he, the girl that he kidnaps looks almost identical to that head. Um, so, and this is not his first rodeo is all I'm saying. He, right. he, so he fucking uh, absconds with this girl Alexia, and our homegirl, who all of a sudden her name fails me. It's Marie. Marie is chasing uh, this guy. Winds up in the truck with him. There's then there's the incident at the gas station. We'll, we'll go over these things. Uh, Jimmy, the gas station attendant, gets murdered by the guy, and she's hiding out in the back. Um, and she ends up. Uh, in a high-speed chase, ends up freeing her friend, and then we'll get into the Shyamalan and Shyamalama Ding Dong shit. There is a metric. I swear to God, this entire movie is just one big homage. It is, it is filled to the brim with thinly veiled at best nods to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, to the, I mean, even the co- coveralls. You don't see coveralls in horror. The only time you've ever seen them before is in Halloween. So I felt like the coveralls were a nod to Mike Myers. The the part where Marie's hiding in the truck stop bathroom, that I swear to God, that is almost shot for shot from Maniac. It's identical. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fucking identical. The service um, station scenes as well, for sure, man. And then, yo, stuff. at the at the end where Alexia gets that huge fucking... Uh, piece of the glass window stuck in her ankle that's mm-hmm. dude you remember that's from hills have eyes yeah 
For sure. You know what I mean? So there is a reason that a lot of that gore would look familiar, and you know why, right? Oh, because of our Italian brother over there. Our Italian brother, Giannetto De Rossi. That's a a bad motherfucker, man. Brilliant special effects artist, and he has done so much goddamn shit. Like, he did Rambo 3 back in 88. Mm -hmm. He did the Conan films. But closer to our whole yeah, he did he did zombie two that we know he did zombie, zombie two he did two. the the beyond uh, he did fucking Doctor Butcher MD which is one of my favorite Italian horror films uh, oh, of all time he did House by the Cemetery he also is the uh, one of the main uh, make uh, one of the main contributors uh, towards the Fulci films as well this guy yeah, yeah. was employed by Fulci. Yeah, damn near full time. He worked on almost every one of his movies from Zombie uh, to After. Yeah, I don't know. on the first Zombie. A lot of this gore, though, that we're seeing, it's like when you see that that initial fucking scene of violence with the dad and the head and the pushing of the fucking piano or bench or whatever that shit is. No, the dresser. Yeah, the dresser. Fucking, that's so Fulci Zombie. It's Mm -hmm. just pure utter gore for gore's sake and it is just rad and it's done well and the brilliance of it just comes through he's a he's the italian savini you know it's yeah he is a godfather of what the special effects department is danger he's a game changer all day you know romero took cues from him uh savini and obviously nicotero who learned from savini and why I, said Fulci, why I said Fulci before, sorry, because he helped through his gore, uh, through his artistry, he helped create, helped with Dario Argento's films as well to create the uh, Giallo as well. Sorry, that was my No, and Giallo was another one I was going to bring up. Giallo is a name. I mean, there's people that know that know Mario Bava, but don't know Giallo somehow. And I don't know how that works. But sure, yeah. this dude, and also this, speaking of Bava, this fucking dude uh alex alexandri he fucking worships at the altar of mario of mario bava it's 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 boy okay it's uh it's it's absolutely brilliant i'm sure mario bava will come up in future episodes um but uh this guy this guy i thought put together a really great movie and just like the last number of movies we've talked about and any low budget film of any kind, but especially horror, you're going to have to suspend disbelief just a little bit. Just, it's not that serious. Just let it go. Let the movie just unfucking fold. I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, it's fun to piece things together and find holes, but I don't understand the need that people have to shit on everything. I don't understand why they have to tear things apart until it won't work anymore. It's like, well, yeah. Why couldn't you just let it be? Let, let let just let the fucking the the disbelief suspend for a while and enjoy the fucking show because this is a gore masterpiece. It really, it really is. is, man. It really is. Agree. And if you were to try to get hung up on the plot lines, it just you lose it because it is what it is, and it is like those Italian gore films where, hey, at the end, do I really know exactly what happened at the end of the Beyond? Not really, man. Like. <laughs> And I've watched that movie a bunch of times, dude. And there's a lot of plot holes in fucking zombie as well. But does it really matter? Something goes through her eye. Or in this case, this guy's fucking head gets crushed by a bookcase. And I'm going to watch it again and again. 
So um, another uh, some interesting things that I actually found upon my research this time that I didn't know beforehand. Um, Luc Besson, who uh, if anyone doesn't know Luc Besson, I don't know what to fucking tell you. This is the guy behind the fifth element behind Leon, the professional. This is a brilliant cinematic mind. Um, I've heard I've heard he's kind of an asshole, but I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, he was previously married to my Wen who is the woman that plays Alex, uh, uh, Alexia, uh, the friend of Marie, the main antagonist slash protagonist. Yeah. Um, and, and so Luc Besson actually consulted on the script and had a fair amount to do with punching this up and making it work a little better. Um, the, like I said, the ending was decided at the end. And I mean, since we do spoilers on this motherfucking show, you guys know, you guys know by now, we spoil movies. So if you haven't seen it, Eh, I don't know what to tell you, but the, <laughs> it turns out that the killer, that's this big burly dude uh, that's chasing down girls and, and, and whatever, he's, uh, the killer is actually Marie. And there's a ton of holes that don't, that cannot explain this. For instance, he's get he's, you know, he's getting a BJ from a fucking uh, severed head earlier in the movie. How could that have possibly been her? And also there were two, they were in a high speed chase. And so how is she driving a car uh, away from him? And then both cars are at the location in an accident, yet we never address either one of the vehicles. There's all kinds of issues with it, but it's still fucking fun. And it's really bloody. And the, the gore and the violence is actually pretty inventive. And they use so much goddamn blood in that car scene at the end that uh, that car was later used for another movie. And during a shot, blood started oozing out of the car. That's wow. awesome. As yeah, well. man. Like, this is... This, that shit... You saw how much blood was inside the... the, the yeah. That, car. that scene, man. Bruce, brutality so is the best. Good. Also, I noticed something else. Because I watched the credits. I always do. But this particular time, obviously, I was paying a little extra attention. There's a lot of mononyms in this movie. Like, Alexia is is... Her, she goes by my when in the credits. That's just one name. And then hey, uh, there was another yes, one. Just while we're on here, while we're sorry, one moment while we're on my when. Do you know uh, what scene she's famous for in a famous movie? You know, she What's looks this? familiar, but I don't know. She is in the Fifth Element as the Blue Opera Singer. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. No, I son of a bitch. It's funny because when I, w I found that out, I watched a bunch of interviews with her when I watched The Fifth Element years ago, and I didn't put that together this time. God damn it. <laughs> so you just see the lips now on both characters, yeah? Right. And that's right. a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, got, she's got a wide mouth, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, anyway, back to you. Yeah. Uh, so this, I, I fucking love this movie. I understand people shitting on it. Um, it's actually fun for me to read bad reviews by well-known critics like Roger Ebert or whatever um, when they have shit to say about a movie that I like. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. You just If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's not that he doesn't get it. It's just it's not for him. That's all I mean by he doesn't get yeah. it. Not like I'm smarter than Roger Ebert. But oh. one of my favorite mm. bits about this movie, this is some punk rock shit. And I will always point out punk rock shit. This was uh, your man, uh, Alexandri, the director slash writer, was reading a book uh, called Intensity by Dean Koontz when he was writing this fucking movie. And he 
based so a lot of the opening part was very heavily based on it and he was freely admitting that and when asked why dean Koontz didn't he never got sued uh dean Koontz was heated about it he hated this movie and he said well how come you didn't when he was asked why didn't you sue why didn't you do that his exact words were it was so puerile so disgusting so intellectually bankrupt that I didn't want the association with that that would inevitably become if I were to pursue action against Alexandria. So he's saying if I sue him, my book is going to be synonymous with this movie. So he just went, fuck it, fine. Have your stupid little French movie, motherfucker. (laughs) And Dean Koontz, you know, he's out there. He could have got a a couple of mil out of this, you know? And he says, nah. Uh, I'll bypass a couple of mil not to be associated yep. with this. And it's like, yep. relax, people. It's a no Right. <laughs> also, I'm not a fan of Dean Koontz. Have you ever read Dean Koontz? I'm not. I'm not I, would, I would never. I would never. It's, 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 <laughs> dude, it's, it is dollar store Stephen King at best. Exactly. At, and exactly. I, I'm being kind saying that. Um, fuck you, Dean Koontz. You don't know shit. Um, anyway, uh, what, what do you guys have to say about this flick? I've been going on and on. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, Reverend? I love this film. I really do, man. Um, I feel like it's really deep, but it doesn't have to be. And yet that's what makes it deep. I don't know. It has a lot going on with it. And it's also a French film that I'm not going to, completely understand even though they call it high tension here i obviously can tell that it's a french film and there are connotations that i don't quite grasp but i like that because i'm watching a foreign film and not only is it a foreign film it's a foreign horror film with the best score that i've seen in years you know previously to this like this is an achievement of gore and i love it It, it's really beautiful there's the end plot and the twist at the ending you know the m night shamalama ding dong ending that i don't really care about because i don't really need to understand how it ends oh damn she was really him the whole time i don't need to question whatever this artist was trying to come across with this film I, I'm an American. I like H.G. Lewis films. I don't need to question like what the whole cultural significance of this film was other than I like it and it's awesome. It doesn't need to make sense. He you, don't have to, you don't have to walk out of every single movie you ever see questioning existence of your, of your own being. It could just be a fucking entertaining movie. It can just be fucking fun, you know? And it's a fun film. And it just has a twist ending. And that's rad. And the twist ending's fucking awesome. And I don't want to compare it to anything else. Barry? And it's just really good. And we must, and uh, the ending is considered as well. It's not just thrown together. Because the director, Aja, uh, he put in clues uh, at the farmhouse to Marie being the killer. It had her going to the truck. It had her getting tools from the shed. He took all that out um, because he wanted this more ambiguous 
psychological dream-like ending, however you want to put it. Because you remember at the start of the film, you see Marie in the asylum whispering her mantra, no one will come between, I will not let anyone come between us right. ever again. Then she wakes up in the car and saying, it was a dream of me chasing me. When you go back the second right. time and you do look closely and you look at it more in a film language rather than what the characters are saying, uh, you begin to see how the clues are there that she is actually the, actually the killer. She is outside having a cigarette on a swing. She sees uh, Alexia naked in the shower, yeah? obviously enjoying. Uh, then you hear uh, the truck cut back to the swing. It is empty and it pauses on that empty seat of the swing as the truck is rolling forward. I think when she does turn, turn into the actual killer in her mind uh, is when she listens to Bob Marley and does what she does. Yeah, a little bit of uh, self that was, that was actually That was you, Roy. Yeah. That was the not Bob Marley, man. Okay. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. That's all good. <laughs> good to know that. Good to know. Uh, because uh, people were saying it was Bob Marley online. So I'm glad you are. No loose speaking the truth as always. Uh, but it did. I think that is where she turned psychologically into the killer. Because this is a, you must keep in mind as well, this is a French extreme horror. It's what part of the French extremity movement as well. It's actually placed as number nine in the top 10 French extreme films. It's all about breaking taboos, going against normal society uh, and the institutions of, of home, of school, and of death. And of course, sex. This film is about lesbianism as well. Um, so it's considered, and it is part of a movement as well, uh, Commander. To that end, to your point you were making earlier about how there are nods to cinematically not just di in dialogue, but cinematically, the, there there are things that show she could. It's very clearly the killer, like some usual suspect shit. When you go back and look at it, there are things that point to her motivation in the beginning as well. That conversation where they're in the car, and that uh, Alexia is talking about going off with that dude and banging him or whatever. She a calls him calls her out like, "Hey, you left me behind." This, that, and the other thing. And at first, it seems innocent. But you can notice she gets visibly, the dubbing's bad, but she gets visibly angrier every time they toss an insult back and forth. And Alexia is thinks it's funnier as it goes because she's taking it lightheartedly like, we're friends, this is no big deal. Yeah, yeah. We're just playing. We're calling each other slut and whore and whatever, da, da, da. But you can see Marie is getting more and more heated every fucking second of that conversation and even once it's over she's still like looking out the window like this bitch like I, she's fucking mad and she is it's that jealousy she doesn't want to share her it's some it's some norman bates shit on a certain level, yeah you know but that is the beauty of this film is that you don't know that until the very end and so Right. It's going to give you that second, third, fourth viewing that, I mean, I've seen this a bunch of fucking times, you know, that it's once you're in on it, you're going to notice every single interaction that takes place between them. You know, yeah. before that, you're you're kind of going along with it and then you get that twist ending and you make that realization or maybe you do halfway through the film, maybe you're watching it for the first time and you're an asshole like me and i'm like dude i beg you anything this is gonna have some fucking sleepaway camp fucking ending and you're just a dick and that shit fucking pops into your head because that's all you do with your life but the second and the third and the fourth time you get to watch it 
you get to enjoy all these nuances that makes it that much better of a film. And you don't have to question any of the holes in the plot line to make it a better film. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's just a fucking movie. And if I may as well, um, if I may, like, uh, you know, it is considered as well. It goes in, it's an ambiguous film as well. Ambiguous is unsure, unknown. It goes into Marie's mind. Her psychology is unknown, how she sees the world, whether um, it's actual reality happening in front of her or the reality that she is creating in the service station or the whatever they call it over there, uh, the gas station. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the killer goes, uh, the killer tries on some sunglasses. Mm-hmm. There's a beat. I paused that beat. She's in the reflection. Yes. Yeah, I saw that in the reflection. I was looking yeah. for it because I could tell there was something very purposeful about that shot. So I paused it and went, wait mm. a minute. It's yeah, too purposeful. Eh? Like this, like the swing, the empty swing seat pausing on it for much longer than you normally would. Yeah. That's what uh, we're going to pay attention to. Um, she goes down into the toilets to hide from the killer in the gas station server. When he comes along, he goes first down into the females. Uh, sorry, she's hiding, yeah? So she, he comes in, she goes in, he goes into the female's toilet, no one there. He goes into the male's toilet, she is there already and did not show her crossing from the female to the males at all. She, you know, male, male, she is the male killer in her mind, yeah? Or as far as we see, it's a clue to the audience. Um, a lot of these are clues to the audience you've got to pick up on, and also what Marie is experiencing. It's a double play between those two visual elements that you're being shown. So you've got to pay close attention to who this, uh, the sign of her transformation is being shown to. Is this just Marie experiencing this, or are we meant to pay close attention, like the sunglasses, and uh, begin to read what is happening underneath it all. What is the through line in this ambiguous world that Marie is experiencing? Yeah? Right. For sure. Point being, it's not just a dumb fucking ending. (laughs) So calm down, people. Yeah. No. Once you learn all these things, that's when you can reflect back on them previously that you didn't know. You know, you notice the first time you watch it that that's probably a really important scene and something's going on there but then the second third time you you're in on the story you you know what the outcome is going to be and you scrutinize this scene and you put just as much thought as the director meant you to put into it to begin with yeah absolutely man absolutely and it's also his second film and have you guys ever made a film do you know how flippant and difficult that is in terms of the like the writing is affected by everything that goes around (laughs) and making the film and it changes the script is not a bible you know what i mean do not change swear by it you know and yeah yeah so so we'll move on no no no. you know what speaking of the gas station uh, i we would be totally remiss if we didn't bring this up this is blatantly obvious. It cannot be skipped over. That the the axe murder in the gas station was a hundred percent an homage to the shining. Yeah. And, and they upped it too. Like even the way he swung that axe was amazing. It was just like Jack Nicholson. But the part where he steps on that motherfucker's back Ooh. to push the axe in further, oh that was that's heavy biz, man. And yeah. Can we just say uh, this guy, this was one of uh, uh, this guy that played the killer. And that is literally what he's billed as is the killer. Um, yeah. 
when he is wide-eyed and wild, like that's they did a really good job to conceal his face without putting a mask on him. He just has a hat that kind of covers his eyes and it's shady, and you don't see his eyes until he's in the forest and he's wild-eyed and covered in cuts from broken glass and all sorts of shit. That motherfucker's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and I, he's one of these guys I want to look up and find out if he's in any other horror films. I know he's kind of like a regular-ass actor, but I want to see if he's in something else I don't know because he was incredible in this role. Absolutely. Um, he's in some very, uh, what's the word, parochial French films, yes. Uh, very family-friendly. Um, and he, yeah. also died of, he also died of COVID. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, last year. So rest in peace. Good sir. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that was just when was it? It was really recent. Was it last year or the year before? I think, I think it was literally last year, man. I think it was a okay. 20 victim. Yeah. Damn. Um, I did have his name down somewhere as well. We'll put it up in socials. Sure. Uh, sure. But what I wanted to ask Nolu about um, is if you had heard, have you heard about the serial killer uh, named. Don't let me lose my spot. Emile Lewis. I'm not sure I know this one. Is this a French serial killer? It's what the killer is based on. The look of him. The bulking look. Yeah? I don't know. Give me a moment. Give me a moment. Here we are. A French serial killer. Uh, the killer in the film resembles him. It was born in 1934. Uh, put in social services at birth. Looked after by a theatre mother. A mentally unwell, unwell carer that would feed a baby until they were fat. That's just a little tidbit. I didn't know about this. I want to sure. examine that more because that sounds like a child being treated like a duck to quit. Wah, wah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, does, yeah. Um, he does poorly at school, becomes a school bus driver and worked at a place for girls with mental issues. This is Emile Lewis. Uh, the girls trusted him, saw him as an understanding and avuncular and uncle-like figure. Um, women were his targets. Uh, but, 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 but that's all I had of um, Emile Lewis. Um, didn't couldn't find too much because he's the only real French serial killer that I have been able to find. In this research of note, yeah, of huge notoriety. But point being, he is definitely the one Aja used as reference. There, there are a number of countries it's difficult to find serial killers in, and I'm still not sure. I remain unconvinced that this that they don't have them. I believe that they're not putting the dots together or they are flat out hiding it somehow. But yeah, sure. France, and also, you know what? The truth is, France is kind of in better shape than America. So oh, who the fuck knows? But um, yeah, I, we may have to look into this and bring it up on uh, on a future. Uh, no yeah, I don't know who this killer is. I'm going to find out Sweet. who this killer is. Yeah, as Thanks soon as we're done here, I'm jumping in on that one. Thank you for that, uh, Baron. Uh, thank <laughs> um, you. Thank you. Glad to. Gentlemen, do you have anything more before we move on to uh, the next gimmicks? What do you want to do uh, first with the gimmicks? Uh, uh, bit of violence. I will put it. I will put it to the Reverend. All right, man. There's so much violence in this film, and I love all the gore in this film. But at work, the Reverend Terry Goddamn himself does use a concrete saw. The uh, thing that she comes out the windshield with—that is a concrete saw, mm-hmm. and it cuts chunks of concrete in half. Or rebar, or metal, or anything. And I've used a chainsaw, and they fuck shit up, you know. And I'm sure it would like grab you and fuck you up in a certain way. 
but the concrete song that it's like you got your chainsaw and that's like some good hard rock and roll then you got your concrete saw and that's straight up power violence just fucking grinding through (laughs) blocks like i literally used the, the concrete saw to cut blocks in half the chainsaw the chainsaw you see that's Sex Pistols, 1978. There you the go. The Concrete Saw is Let's Fucking Go by Spaz. There you go. You could take down a tree with, like, a chainsaw. With a Concrete Saw, I could get you into the fucking any building in the world. Or at least anyone in the fucking United States. I don't know. So, are you We don't going, have the greatest going, security here, obviously. So, you're going with, with the driver of the car? That murder? Yeah, yeah. Through the windshield, yeah, through 100%. the windshield. Just a little tidbit uh, of on that for that scene. Uh, the actor, the driver, was wearing it was just like a small like shield uh, with um, blood blood packs. Yeah, it was incredibly unsafe. And seriously, for a flippant concrete saw, I thought it was just like, oh. virtually numb. Oh, I was talking about that. I use that thing in a t-shirt like fucking five days a week, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's not it's safe, all sparking and shit. It's awesome. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I fucking yeah, yeah, totally yeah, hold yeah. it over my head like fucking Leatherface and everything. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely gorilla. My coworkers are super moment. freaked out by me. There, they really do that's not crazy, understand man. how to react to me in any ways. But it's cool. I've worked there for a while. I don't know. Um, yeah, I really like that as well. Um, sometimes we go choose the same thing. We're of like minds as well. Uh, that is a fantastic scene in terms of gore and terror as well, because mm-hmm. every the tension in this film is superb. That is one thing, Aja, high tension, and that is what he has mastered because it builds and builds to this moment. Yeah, I think quite yeah. masterfully when he's driving it through the windshield. Yeah, and uh, Alexia's face just covered, so she is red as a beetroot from the blood, screaming in pure terror. She's quite a fine actress, actually. It is one of the finest moments of extreme slash gore cinema. Um, yes, I'm going to have to agree, agree with you there, but that's it for me. That is a bit of violence. I'm not the least bit upset about this, and I, I knew at least somebody was going to say that, but the truth of the matter is, and this is not just me being contrarian, I, I agree with you. My favorite, though, it is absolutely my favorite, is the father's head getting pushed through the fucking banister. Like, the whole thing, though, because not just the decapitation with the with the dresser. That shit's hard, especially if you see the original cut, because a lot of that, that was the big thing that got cut to make it so it wouldn't be NC-17, the dreaded NC-17. Uh, that one and the chainsaw scene got cut down by quite a bit to make it uh, R-rated. Um, so if you can find, if you, you can look it up on YouTube if you didn't already see this, but the original cut is that guy's head gets pushed slowly through the banister and stuck there, which is a nightmare already. I can't even, I can't even yeah. deal with that mentally. But yeah. then son pushes the fucking dresser over and busts his head like a goddamn Gallagher's watermelon. And yeah. it, but the thing is, in the cut, in the cut that made it to your average, D, not DVD, but to your average movie theater or whatever, it his head busts open, a little blood splatters, and it's a mummy rat. In the other cut, you see this, you see it from a couple angles, and from like up top, that 
that Hitchcock style shot from between the staircase and and it's just gushing blood from the stump of this motherfucker's neck. It's phenomenal. I I cannot argue that this is kind of like when people talk about Rakim and Cool G Rap. If you tell me Rakim's the greatest of all time, I cannot argue with you on any <laughs> level. I could never say you're wrong. But Cool G Rap, I like better, and I put him above Rakim personally. Same shit here. I'm putting staircase decapitation this high above fucking concrete saw in the fucking Yugo or whatever the put the the Peugeot or whatever car they're driving in that motherfucker. Ah, you reminded me. Peugeot still the saw is that the product placement? S-T-H-I-R. Well, actually, oh, I don't I even. I don't it was think the only thing I really recognized because it's a French film, and I uh, we had Peugeots here in the eighties, so I, yes, I recognized the car company. Oh. But, but wait a minute, I picked that name out of a hat. Is that actually a Peugeot? I didn't even notice if it was. I just said it. Oh, I don't know. I think it is. I'm, I'm I don't not know. sure. That's really I, fucked up. It's really I, fucked up. Well, if it's something, else, oh wait, I do fucked. have one. I bet you it was the wait. Ford. I've got, I've got, I've got product placement propaganda for you. Okay. The brand of that concrete saw is American made still. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what still. I say. That's, that's what I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saw that okay. I use okay. at okay. Work okay. every fucking day, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be, yeah? French American. That's got to be a little something. I'll bet you what, anything. Still? No, that's like the concrete saw, man. I don't know no, if they make I'm... another concrete saw like from another uh, company. No, like, no, that, no. That's Thanks. a still concrete saw. No, but yeah, no, for sure it is. It's blatant, but that's what I'm trying to tell you is that if they weren't getting paid by Still, they would have covered up the tie. They would have covered up the name. Yeah. They would have scratched yeah. it out. They would have colored it orange. They exactly. would have. They would have put. Well, it's table. orange to begin with, man. <laughs> not the lettering, dumb dumb. Commander, Commander, no. actually, on that end with the Still not covering it up, you do see Coca-Cola on one of the crates out the back of the service station. They in the shop quite clearly. Then they probably threw in too because that's another one they would have to cover up. If no Coca-Cola it's, doesn't want to be associated with your shit, and they find out, and they will find out because yeah. they have more money than Jesus Christ, they yes. will fucking come in and shut your whole thing down. So yeah. I'm saying they got Coca-Cola money. I'm saying, and I'm saying that they got whiskey money too because there's two different types of booze that they talk about and show the labels of in that case. And he's like, like holding, like label out. He's holding the motherfucking label. I don't recognize them. That. That's the thing is that like when we watch well, these foreign films, unfortunately, I don't recognize the the product the because I'm like, <laughs> the I don't know what that is. I've never seen it before, so it could be made up, or it could no. be like third Coca Cola. No, 100%. I've had the, in every bar I've ever worked in, we've had the liquors, if it was a full bar anyway. Um, both of them are available. I mean, it's not it's not crazy to get liquor from another country, man. You get whiskeys from Scotland, and we get vodkas from fucking Sweden, and all kinds of stuff. It's very common. You can find that in any liquor store you walk into right now. It's not crazy to think that, you know what I mean, that the, 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 the Campbell's whiskey, that's the thing. Um, it's not super common, but it exists. And there was, I can't remember. Oh, J and B brandy, dude. That's, mm. that's what he wanted. That's go. the first thing he asked for was oh, J and B yeah, brandy. You're right. That was highlighted yeah. both visually and vocally. Yeah. Yep. A yeah, bunch yeah, of times. Yeah. Bunch so of there time. we go. This is, this is product placement. Well, I'm not mad at it. You know, this guy did cruel, the apparently awesome alligator movie. You know, he's 
made it to you know make him his bank bags definitely yeah here's my smoke with with product placement if it takes me out of the movie i'm gonna get heated about it but if it's yes. just subtly there fine fine this you you recognize that yes that a coca-cola crate would be at the back of the gas station sure. uh, this guy would have this in the back of his truck and still of course it's a still that's what concrete saws are yeah. right exactly yeah. Yeah. so he's like Okay, you guys ready for Jabba Royale? I'm excited about this one. I think this is I'm good. excited okay. too, man. I want to know okay. why you picked on this. Yes. I'm going to start with the Baron. I'm interested in what you have to say. Okay. And I I do count one of these people. Some people might argue, but I feel the only real main characters are the killer and Marie. So I'm going Alexia versus Jimmy the gas station attendant. Oh, well done, sir. I, oh, I was trying you. to think. Of, I was trying to think of something. Yeah? <laughs> uh, didn't come across that one, so well done. Um, okay, okay. Okay. Now, just so I can speak correctly, what, is, what, is, what ethnicity is the gas station attendant? Is he French or uh, um, South American? As far as I can tell, he's French. He's French, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. His gas station attendant. And he's a sissy too. Like he is. Yeah. Scared. Yeah, man. Every I mean, he's single a, second, he's a lot. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, there's a plot hole. How did the male killer slash Marie already know what his name was? I think that's a plot hole. Anyway. <laughs> well, actually, when the killer walks in the door, he calls him by name. How you doing, Jimmy? Yeah, like, exactly. He's been there that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but in the terms of Jabba Royale, maybe he's come across these characters before in the French countryside, the French countryside. It's a thing with French extremism going to the countryside, crazy shit happens. So I'll place him in that, I'll place this battle in a French extreme arena, if you will. Uh, my ween's been through some stuff. She likes to party as well. She knows how to look, take care of herself as well. And she's also quite a bit of a loner at heart as well um at the end you know i mean marie did what she did but like at the asylum at the end as well she basically wants her incarcerated or um burned alive like burnt at the stake basically at the end of it you know what i mean um right. so when it, the shit hit the fan she would be a survivor like sean from walking dead style she's out there doing it for herself so that's my wings you know character profile jimmy he is a sissy he is a sissy. Um, he curtails. He does do what he's told by everyone who comes into his store. Um, this guy, like Neil Lewis, the killer in this, you know, he comes along once a century, perhaps. Yeah. So maybe he hasn't experienced anything like that before. But he would have dealt with some, you know, some reprobates definitely in his time. And maybe being the French screen world, maybe he has, but he would act the same way anyway if he had someone like the killer came in before. So it's definitely my way, my man. All right. Yeah, just because she's just the stronger mind uh, and she could deal with more intense situations within this French extreme arena uh, because she does pretty well at the end as well, having her wits together enough after all she's been through to stab, uh, plunge the glass into Marie's heart, you know, killing their relationship, their love. Um, yes, yeah, so she's got, you know, the fortitude to do that. It is my way, yes. Yes. All right. Back to you. Back to you, Commander. Uh, Mr. Reverend, before I before I answer, what do you think, man? All right, man. This is hard because I think that Marie is just so out of it. She hasn't seen any of this shit coming the entire time. Like it's literally. Oh, you mean wait, wait, wait. Not Marie. You mean Alexia? Alex. I'm sorry. 
Alexia. Just double checking. Just double checking. She she hasn't seen any of this stuff coming the entire time. I feel like maybe the gas station attendant just has a bit of a grasp on reality. Because Alexia is just like completely out of it, obviously. I feel like she's probably drugged. Is she on some type of a drugged induced hallucination? Is that why she is not? No. Taking the end in accordance that we, we know that the killer and her are the same. Alexia doesn't catch that in that entire movie. So she's obviously on something. She's she's tripping that she has not put this together. She is also on her own fucking trip. I think the gas station attendant at least has that much of a grasp on reality that he has the upper hand. Hmm. Okay, so are you going, Jimmy? No, nah, I mean, he's kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to make it interesting. Uh, you know, it's a pretty much lockdown type of a fight. Yeah, she stabs her in the fucking guts with the fucking broken windshield, man. That shit's that's, tough as fuck. Dude, yeah, Jimmy doesn't after, have a fucking chance. That's after all the other trauma, physical and otherwise, that she's fucking been through. And it, look how yeah. she handles herself when she goes and sees Marie in the in the mental hospital. She goes in there and she's not. Yeah, I mean, she's a little timid. She's a little. She's a little worried, but. She or not worried, but she's a little like anxious, but she's not shaking. She's not falling apart. Nah. And nah. if if Marie for real came at her, she'd fight. She'd fucking go swinging on her. And she did, keep in mind, fucking survive. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy's not, going down. I, Jimmy I didn't down. even fucking fight back. He was just so confused and worried the whole time. He just his fight or flight didn't even start. He just froze. I actually thought of Jimmy versus the kid. <laughs> <That's one. laughs> and that I was thinking away that the kid would actually win. Yeah. That would have been, been more fight. fair. Yeah, that would have been a more fair fight for sure. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> Jimmy loses. Does that make him the ultimate bitch at this point? Because we got the fucking guy from Blood Feast is the bitch of the the series so far. So, oh, so, okay, wait, what was his name? A guy from the beach? Uh, Tony. 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 Was it Tony? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, yeah. Tony versus Jimmy? That's, that's going to be rough. We should just do that right now. Let's get this first okay. one out of the way. Tony versus Jimmy. J- Jimmy takes that, man. I think Jimmy does, too, because. Tony is just wet. He is a too. wet seed the next Tuesday. Tony fell apart. Totally, like lost his mind, traumatized, shell shocked, PTSD forever, instantly. That guy's made a pussy, man. It's <laughs> an Academy Award winning performance. It literally is. And and also, he's Tony is also a scumbag as well. And now, because he also yeah. just before that, he goes to her now, prove that you love me, and it forces right. her down on so, the ground. For sure, man. This motherfucker, yeah, right. he's he's a bitch and he's a predator. Fuck this motherfucker. Yeah. At least yeah. Jimmy wants to help a homegirl out a little bit. He's trying yeah. to be a good guy. Oh, it was yeah. a good guy. Tony's the ultimate bitch of all earth. I. Now we got to try and find somebody to beat Tony in in the in a bitch off. That's what I'm saying is that that is now the the ultimatum, the the other end of the spectrum for the Jabber Royale. 
Yeah, he's the bitch to beat. We have bitch class. Yeah, it's the bitch to beat. (laughs) We have our Lars Ulrich. Yeah, (laughs) in the brackets. (laughs) Lars Ulrich. Yeah, we got. We have have our bitch to beat for sure. Um, Well, cool. I'm. I'm ready to wrap up high tension. I'm excited about this one. Um, this movie was banned in a bunch of places too, but we don't have to get super into it. Um, uh, it was uh, it also, I thought this was weird. In the UK, this movie was called Switchblade Romance. Yes, correct. Which, yeah. which A, makes no sense unless you want to say it points towards the lesbian relationship that sort of exists between the two girls that you would, you would have to piece together on your own anyway, even after the ending. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird title. I don't know how I'm with that. Isn't it a well, he kills song? He kills the mom with the switchblade, but that's the only person he kills with the switchblade. Who yeah. gets killed with... Ain't nobody get killed with a switchblade in this movie? The mom gets killed with the fucking switchblade. She gets oh, yeah, that's right. slashed and it's all psh, all over the fucking... Yeah, you're uh, right. Closet. The closets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. And actually, I think the hymn song switch is this hymn song called Switchblade Romance that was out before this movie. Anyway, anyway, rabbit hole, doesn't matter. I, I'll be honest with you, not a fan of him. No, that no, a- no, that's what I'm saying. Why would you oh, name okay. a movie after a damn hymn song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe don't name it after something that sucks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> high was a great good name for American release. Did it get released in Australia as high tension? Yeah, and New Zealand as well. Yeah, it was yeah there you go. Yeah, definitely. Even the sense is good. Touch it. I like it. It's weird that I, they do that. We all yeah. speak the same fucking language. <laughs> uh, French extremism was popping when this was out down here. You know, we were a fan of Inside Martyrs. Blah blah blah. Um, on a future episode, I will have a look at Australian censorship. We'll have a look at Ambitestar properly. I don't want to leave that behind. I actually, can answer that question, but I'll do that when I come to my first Australian film. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. But that's actually something we talked about in the in the infancy of discussing this this podcast. Uh, Terry and I, uh, uh, pardon me, the Reverend and the Commander, very interested in talking about banned Australian movies with you so we'll get into that uh you want to tell everybody what we're doing next it's your movie next gene yes we have takishi meek or meek takishi's however you want to say it fucking brilliant art house masterpiece sorry art house horror masterpiece audition rules movie rules yes. i can't wait to rewatch this movie it's gonna be fucking yeah, awesome. streaming everywhere and whilst we're on there just for a pod practice uh with Gordon Lewis, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Where can people find his films there, Reverend? How can they source them? Uh, I'm pretty sure you can order their stuff through somethingweirdvideo.com. For physical copies, you can. For physical copies. Other than that, I know it's not on any streaming service. Scratch that. It's on the Full Moon streaming service. So if you get a subscription to Full Moon Video, or something weird video if you search either one of those there is a streaming service for them i own a lot of something weird videos catalog on hard copy because i love these films and have always watched them but i think something weird does stream on full moon streaming site as well yeah yeah i mean and you will you can find them they do pop up on sites like shutter has a handful mm-hmm. of them, just not all of them. 
and you you will see some of them pop up from time to time. I mean, around Halloween and shit, but you can see them. Uh, they just pop up with new horror movies. Usually, if you get a, a handful of new horror movies that are any in any way influenced by these uh, in an obvious way, they'll come back to like Netflix or something like that. If you get a new Eli Roth movie that yeah. that comes out, it, uh, it, it, you'll you'll all of a sudden you'll start seeing some something weird. And H.G. Lewis and and uh, Mario Baba, you'll see those pop up on Netflix. You have to go looking for them. You got to know what you're looking for, but they they will pop up there as well. Yeah, Prime does the same thing, but Prime has like the worst algorithm ever, so you really have to fucking search for shit on Prime. Yeah, man. But yeah. Um, it is I don't know, man. And to our people down under as well, you don't have the access, you know, that you know funds are such as they are as well. Uh, Look through your YouTube and uh, Google as well. There's a site out there, Daily Motion, that hosts a lot of strange stuff out there that you wouldn't expect to see anywhere else. You're not breaking the law either when you do it. Okay, so don't worry about that. You want you've got to see these films however you can, you can because they're important. Uh, come on. That's a good point. Um, that actually, um, a lot of movies, uh, documentaries, and things you wouldn't think to be they're actually the whole thing is available on YouTube and not even the I pay for YouTube level gimmick youtube yeah. red i think it's called there's a lot of stuff that's on there because it's public domain it can't be taken down um a lot of these are not owned by anybody anymore they're they're publicly owned so yeah okay cool gotcha, well, gotcha, they, they, gotcha. what i'm saying is they're going to stay there because they won't get taken down um yeah, okay. then then at that point it's up to you to find a halfway decent version that's been posted because a lot of times you'll find really bad versions. Like Absolutely. somebody filmed their television screen and fucking posted it. It's terrible. Yeah, but. totally, totally. Um, and Man Bites Dog, The Uncut, this is the first that's available on YouTube and you know, whatever version is streaming everywhere. And bringing it back to uh, this episode, I watched this on Shudder. I watched uh, High Tension or Tension on uh, Shudder. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, yeah. the final thing we need to do here since we, and we, we kind of did this a little out of order, but we got to rate this thing. Uh -huh. So, um, this I'm going, I'm going with, um, I'm trying to remember the term for it. Um, <laughs> I fucked this up so bad. This is, um, this is like, this is gangrene. That's what this is. You see, this is going to be. This is going to stick with you. This is going to be a problem. You will never forget it. If you sit down and watch this movie, it's not just going to go away. And you will not watch it for 10 years and it will pop back into your mind just one time. Like, Jesus, that motherfucker got his entire face decimated with a circular saw. You will, you will come back to it. It's not just going to go away and it will do, it's going to do some irreparable damage. You're going to lose limbs to this. You're going to lose, you're going to lose a foot. You're going to lose fucking toes, bare minimum, but you're probably losing a limb from the knee down, something like this. 8.5. Baron? It's a very good description of gangrene. It's kind of thrown me off my, uh, under, yeah, my feeling about gout in this movie as well, because this movie is very pleasurable to me as well. Uh, I enjoy French extremism. And this movie is a celebration, as you say, homages to, to everything throughout. This movie is nothing but a uh, celebration uh, to horror, to art house filmmaking, in terms of ambiguity as well. So it's an indulgence, definitely, this film. And how do you get gout? Indulgent, bacon, 
beer, you know, all that good stuff. And and so you're going to pay for it a little, but you're going to go back and you're going to go back to it. And like gangrene, if you keep at it, you're going to lose a limb. You said an 8.5. I'm going to say an 8 with this. Hopefully that's a fair, you know, division between uh, gout and gangrene. But for me, it's definitely gout. Uh, Reverend, what do you have for us? Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna hit the the eight point five on this because I feel like this is this is like a sty in your eye, and and it just it's gonna plus up. You're gonna wake up with that filmy layer of it, remembering what you saw, and you can't really give it to anyone because no one's gonna really enjoy it the way that you did watching it the first time. You know, that that first mm-hmm. experience, you're gonna wake up with that fucking film over your eye every morning. It's not full on glaucoma. You're not gonna you're not gonna suffer for the the entirety of the rest of your life, but every now and then I'm gonna go with with a number eight. Just a just a regular ass ocular infection. And uh, the film over your eye, fantastic fun, sir. Fantastic fun. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, gentlemen, this is my new favorite thing to do. I can't wait to watch more movies with you. Uh, everybody, we we have auditioned Takashi Mika. I can't remember. It's Mika or Mika? I can't remember how to pronounce his uh, name. Takashi Mika. There you go. Me- okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Big fan of, of, of Takashi. We're going to do uh, audition at the behest of the Baron MD. Yeah. And uh, fucking stay tuned. Stay ill, motherfuckers. We'll be back. I love it, guys. Have a good night, everyone. For, yeah. we, we are like, we are spanning the entire Pacific Ocean, that peaceful ocean. You know, we're just holding hands across the ocean, social distancing. It's beautiful. Like our show. Listen to next week. We shall spread like the oceans of disease. <laughs> It's our diseases from you. (laughs) From sea to shining (laughs) sheep. Good night. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.